Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Equipped to Be. Now, recently, I have started a series on strengths, uh, more specifically, the Strength Finders Assessment. And it kind of came about uh, because I have been doing a lot of speaking as a a strengths practitioner, uh, a master coach, so to speak. I have been uh, doing a lot of teaching, teaching to parents, to leaders, to teens and college kids on on strengths. Uh, Really, it's on knowing how God has made you and how He has uniquely gifted you to perform uh, certain aspects, certain careers, certain assignments that God really has for only you. And that's why He's given you the gifts, strengths, and talents that He's given you. Now, I know I've heard a lot of feedback. Many of you uh, have asked lots of questions because it's quite intriguing, and I want to give you a little bit more backstory. First off, did you listen to last week's podcast? If you didn't, this is part two of the Knowing Your Strengths. So this is part two. If you have not listened to part one, make sure you go back. It's going to be important that you do. Uh, In the first episode, I kind of do a little bit of what I call Strengths Defined, And I also take the time to kind of give you uh, how to actually go about taking the assessment and what it it means. uh, There's a lot of misconceptions. And so as I go through this series, I I need you to know a few things. (laughs) My goal is to not persuade you or try to convince you that, oh, you need to do this. It's like, oh, this is another assessment, just like the Myers-Briggs or the DISC or the Enneagram, uh, it's, it's no, that's not the goal. I will integrate some of those in this series as it relates to knowing yourself because it's helpful. But you need to know, I'm not about trying to persuade you to be, to do, to, to think uh, a certain way, but I am going to invite you to consider some, some things, some things that I believe uh, can help you in getting to know yourself better and how God has made you. And also, so that you get to know your children better. Many of my listeners have children that they're raising. A lot of tweens, a lot of teens, a lot of college kids. How do I know this? Well, because I know you. Uh, There are some that listen that their children are already grown. I am just going to tell you right now, if you're not familiar with this and you have adult children, you will amaze them, maybe even shock them if you start to learn the language that they speak, if you start to see through their lens instead of your own. But my goal is to help you understand what strengths represent and how they can help you in your life, in your leadership roles, in your family. I know that some of you love this kind of stuff. I hear it from you. Oh, you just, you kind of like geek out over it. That's okay. I do the same thing. Many of you have taken every assessment you come across. You just, you love it. You're just... It's interesting to you. You want to devour the information 
Some of it is because you want to really know yourself or you want to work through some areas that you felt stuck or lost or you just couldn't quite understand. Why do you do what you do? I guess I'm going to ask you, do you know why you do what you do? Do you know why you think, why you feel, why you behave in a certain way consistently? Do you know what it is that you can do that you get kind of lost in? You get so absorbed, so focused, that before you know it, time, an hour, and I'm not talking about scrolling through Facebook. I am talking about getting engrossed in something that truly captures your attention. Could be reading, could be studying, it could be being with someone. It could be, like in my case, speaking, doing my podcast. I can get lost in my podcast, not rambling. But when I think about spending time with you and I think about what it is that I can say that would add value to your life, that at the end of this podcast and actually at the end of every podcast, you would have something to ponder. Uh, Many times I was posting on my Facebook page, I would just write something to ponder before drifting off to sleep. And that is a practice that I I do. I've, I've done this for many, many years. I try not to go to bed thinking about all the things that I did wrong, uh, the fights that I had with the kids that day, all the things that I wanted to say that I didn't say that I'm bothered that I didn't take the time to do that, or the conflict that's arisen between, say, me and my husband, or me and a colleague. I don't want to use my time going off to sleep pondering that. I want to think about something that's worth considering before I go out to sleep. Because when we sleep, our minds are still active and engaged. So I I do do that. And I want, when I end this podcast, I really want you to feel like you've gained knowledge about something. Whether I'm doing a podcast with a guest And like I had Jill Savage on or Crystal Payne, I had Brooke McLaughlin from Million Praying Moms, uh, Crystal Payne's Money Saving Moms, Jill Savage is No More Perfect Marriages. You know, I've really been afforded a great opportunity to to interview and have guests on my program that I believe help you to have a richer, fuller, more fulfilling, and, and I think more than that a life that reflects the Lord in what you do. And that's what I seek to do. And so that is why I've decided to do this series on strengths. Like I said, I teach it all over. I have been involved in in learning about strengths for a little over 30 years, actually a little longer than that. And I shared a little bit about my story in the first part of the series. But it was a few years ago, I decided I want to go deeper. But I know that people who spend time getting to know themselves, contemplating the why behind their actions, their behaviors, and and they spend time studying being a student of their children, maybe even your spouse, Uh, people who run businesses, who are, if you're homeschooling, if you have a, a lot of children, or if you're running a business, you spend time learning about those things because 
they do add to the level of success that you have, mainly because you know where you need help. You learn where your children struggle. You also learn where you excel, where your kids excel, where friends that you work with, uh, where they excel. It adds a whole new layer of communication. Because it's not always what you say, it's what other people hear. I write about that in Parenting Beyond the Rules. I also write in Parenting Beyond the Rules. I have a section in that book about the love languages and the Myers-Briggs and the DISC. I, I have all that because it does matter. Is it definitive? Is it like 100%? No. You know why? Because it's a study of fallen man, right? But that doesn't mean everything is totally discounted. And the reason that I had chosen to really pursue mastery in the strengths is because it's research-based, data-driven. I just, I'm gonna, you'll probably hear me say it on every podcast. It's research-based, data-driven. It's not made up. Some of the other things that people come up with on some of these personality things as far as animals and so on and so forth, I'm not saying anything's wrong with them. I've taken probably a lot of them. But I like the strengths because it is heavily researched. And for those of you that want to know data, uh, for those of you that want to know, is this just like a bunch of psychobabble? Oh, yeah, this is what I learned in Psychology 101. No, I want to be able to give you concrete information so you don't immediately discount it. I think that's the most important thing. I want it to be something that you do consider. I know people are desperate. What are they desperate for, Connie? Well, they're desperate. They're desperate for this. They want to be seen and heard. And we have gone through a mighty period of disruption where, and as you're listening, because I know we have listeners from around the world now, the podcast has been growing. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for telling your friends about the podcast. Thank you for sharing it. Uh, we post it out on uh, Pinterest. We put it on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And thank you. There's probably some more we should do. I know it's on Google Play, but um, thank you. Uh, the numbers are reflecting the growth. And we have um, my sound engineer. She she checks on this stuff. I look at the stats and, and such because, you know, it is a lot of time that we spend, a lot of time and money that we spend putting together this podcast. It's not, it's one, it's not cheap. And two, it's uh, labor intensive. And so I have somebody on our team that helps make this podcast, uh, you know, the finished product and the show notes and all of that. And so one of the things that I'm just so grateful for is how we have grown. And I think this is probably the perfect time as at the time of this recording, we're gearing up for kids to either go back to school or go back to homeschooling, which will be very different. I don't believe we're going to be entering a year of pandemic schooling, which is quite different than homeschooling. And I just want to say, if, you know, as you're gearing up for this, I, I want this information to add a whole new layer of engagement and conversation with those that you're doing life with. See, your kids want to be seen and heard. What are we seeing with teens and college kids? Man, 
this season of disruption that they have walked through, the rising cost of inflation on all products, it's been quite discouraging. Their their peer groups have been uh, removed. Uh, a lot of them haven't been able to go to church, although now, uh, at the time of this recording, a lot of churches are back open. But there's still, there's still an uncertainty. And if you have college kids or teens or tweens, they, they really do have a lot of uncertainty. What will their lives look like? If you're in your, say, 30s and you're really working on uh, building your career, because that's a, you know, 20s is you're, you're kind of finding your way, 30s, you really start building hard. And then the 40s, it, it's, it, it's another change, another pivot. But I, I know that whatever season, maybe you're in your 50s and even in your 60s, it's fun how Equipped to Be has such a broad audience. You know, some audiences are very niche specific, and I guess this Equipped to Be is also. Uh, but the strengths apply to any season of life. Like I said, I got very involved in this when I was in my 20s. I was fascinated. People fascinate me. People watching what they do, the words they say, the way they act and interact with their kids, with their spouse, with those that they work with. And when I'm out on the speaking circuit, watching speakers engage with their audience, watching the whole dynamics of the event industry, which is you know something I've been a part of for a long time. In the marketing industry, watching how they construct their marketing messages. And there's just so many parts to it all. But if you can learn to understand the language of strengths, and, and I would say, please kind of like type this in your phone or write it down. There is a language. It's, a, it's really a universal language. But it's one that you have to pay attention to to learn. You have to understand what it is that someone's actually saying Verbally, non-verbally, with their actions, their behavior. When you start to tune in, dial in like a like a radio, so to speak, where a frequency, you're trying to dial into a certain frequency, and let's just say that's another human being. Maybe, maybe it's even yourself. You're trying to really kind of dive a little deeper. You start to experience what I call light bulb moments. Maybe things that have always irritated you about yourself. I've had a lot of listeners ask me questions because some of their kids drive them crazy and they don't understand. Like, like what? what is it? Why is this child constantly driving me crazy? When we start to understand and speak the language of strengths and we can understand it, we see through the lens of other people. It's remarkable how that happens. Instead of just seeing through your lens, you're able to actually see through theirs. Imagine if you're able to understand how others process the world around them. Imagine the conversations you can have, not the conflict. The conflict gets reduced when we really start to communicate in a way that other people hear. It's like a grid system. You know, you think about, I think about 
this so often. My husband and I are completely opposite. We have a few things in common. But for the most part, we're very, very different. And I remember for a good portion of our marriage, it was just constant fighting. Were we fighting for our own turf, our own way? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things you can fight over. Who's, how do you squeeze the toothpaste? I don't know. There's just like so many things you can argue and bicker over. But when we started to settle into understanding what is meant by the words that are spoken or how that other person sees things, started to notice the conflict kind of was reduced. There wasn't as much of it. I, I could understand what was being said and vice versa. Imagine the power of that. That can be pretty, pretty impactful. It was for us and maybe for you as well. But for about 30 years now, I have been working with parents and moms and kids. I have been working in the homeschool industry. I have been working uh, with brands and, and businesses and, and other influential folks that were trying to fulfill and their calling and run their race. And I have seen time and time again, when we can get settled and get a piece about who we are and how God made us, when we can start to understand how we think, feel, and behave on a near-perfect, consistent basis, I have seen and bared witness to so many transformational lives. Now, if you want, I'm going to remind you, transformation happens in three steps. And to be honest with you, the my part, this this my time with you is really only about 20% of it. And really only 10% is, is the more formal, you getting the books that I recommended that you get, you doing the studying, you doing the contemplative work. And the other 70%, believe it or not, is living it out, practicing it, trial, error, experiencing it. So just for the sake of uh, kind of like going back, I want you to understand that if you have done this uh, strength, the Clifton Strengths, the assessment from the Gallup organization, and you have received your five signature themes, you can print out a report. And I encourage you to talk about those with your spouse or maybe get a friend to do it with. Or if you have older kids, get your older kids. Our kids have all done this. My children have all done the Myers-Briggs. They've done the Loveling. I mean, we've just done so many. And I have a spreadsheet, really, for all my kids. And I know exactly how I need to approach a tough topic, a sensitive topic. I know that if I say something in a certain way to one child, as if I'm speaking to another child, it's probably not going to land where I want it to land. And in the book, I write about monitoring your mouth. Let the words that you speak fall into a tender place of someone's heart. I mean, man, if we're going to speak to somebody in that where we want it to land, I mean, who wants, I mean, honestly, if you're listening to my podcast, that's you are probably not an agitator by nature. You probably are seeking to have better relationships with the people that you're doing life with. So who wants to create strife and friction and conflict and arguments? I would think probably none of you, not intentionally anyway, and it does happen, but not intentionally. But when you get those signature themes and you start to do some research and you start to read and you start to question, get a journal, get a notebook. I, I, I don't, 
I, I probably, you know what, I probably should create one and sell them, right? But get a journal and start writing down the stirrings that speak to you. When you get those five themes, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and pay the extra to get the full 34. And this is why. You can't fully understand how you are designed without getting a full picture of what's going on. Like where, how did you answer? What were your responses? Out of the 34 themes, there are no bad ones. I'm going to say it louder for those in the back. There's no bad strengths. I have watched so many people when they get their full list of 34 themes, they get so distraught because one that they just, they personally think is a quote, good strength. It's one they really would like to have. Maybe their best friend has it or they've, their mentor has it and man, they just really want to do it. And they've been, they've been trying to emulate them. They've been trying to mimic what they do. They're, they're a student of someone else, but that student is you're just trying to copy. You're trying to mirror what somebody else is doing. And you know what? You know what that is? That's getting in somebody else's lane and trying to run in their race, and you're not going to be successful. You can't live someone else's life. You can't be like someone else. Now, there are attributes like honesty. Well, that's not a strength. That's a character issue. So we need to understand there is a difference between character qualities and strengths. Now, the way the Gallup Institute is, strengths are something that God has given you, and there is their talents. Now, everybody doesn't have the same talent, which is why those 34 themes come in an order from 1 to 34. Number one means that's a more dominant theme. It's going to be more prevalent in your life. It's going to be something that you naturally just do. Somebody tells you something, like when I'm speaking to an audience, I can always tell certain uh, strengths. I can always tell what certain people, uh, the characteristics of certain people. And you know why? Because I can see when I'm talking, they're fact-checking me. Why? Because they want to know the research. They want to cite my source. They want to, that's important. That's how they're wired. Doesn't mean they're trying to just prove me wrong. Now, I mean, that's not saying that some people don't, but that's not usually the general nature of those. So those dominant themes of talent, they rank in order that is revealed by your responses. So, so many times I have seen people try to take the assessment and you know what they do? They try to second guess. Well, you know, I'm supposed to be like this. So I think I'll just put, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like that. And then you're working towards that when reality is you're not like that at all. So if you haven't taken it, I'm going to encourage you to do so. But I want you to hear me as I kind of unpack this. The way you develop a talent, a strength, it's you have the talent to begin with. It's it's there. It's It's in the core of who you are. And the way you develop that is by adding skill and knowledge. Here's a great example. You may have an amazing talent for something, but you have no interest in it. You have no interest in putting in the hard work to develop it 
into a strength. Does that mean it's a waste of talent? No, it just means in that specific area, you're not interested. Um, let's just say uh, this is not a strength, but I'm giving you as much of a visual analysis as I analogy as I can. And that would be, let's say you have a talent for running. I mean, you can just really run. You've just you've got the body type. Your your lungs are, are designed in such a way you're able to have uh, this enormous controlled breathing. Uh, by all you know, by all physical features. You could, you could be an outstanding runner. Now, if you wanted to, you would start developing your skills by training and practicing and developing them further by learning how to eat, by learning how to regulate your body, your sleep, your supplements, your eating habits, right? Do you follow me? And then, over the course of time, all the knowledge and the skills that you have been working on translate into this dominant theme of a strength. But let's just say you have this body type. Again, this is not a strength, okay? So I don't want to confuse you. But you have this body type and you have all, everybody says, oh my goodness, you could be an amazing runner. Now, you may say, I don't like running. It's boring. Do you think you would become an excellent runner if you're not interested in it? If you're not wanting to train or become more educated? No. So does that mean you've wasted that? No. It means that you find other things that you are equally talented and you have the framework there, which is what the strengths assessment gives you. It gives you the framework. For example, a couple of my top are focus, futuristic, and achiever. And what does that actually mean? And, and I'll, I'll go to strengths applied a little bit later in, uh, in some of these podcasts, but this is just for an example. Uh, focus, futuristic, achiever, those are each uh, makeup one of the 34, uh, three of the 34 themes, right? And so that just means that when I, I get a picture in my mind of where we're going, I can focus, laser-like focus on where it is I'm running to, where it is that I'm going. And I will add whatever skills, whatever knowledge, whatever it is, is required for me to achieve the goal that I'm trying to reach. And because it's futuristic, I can I can see where I'm going, but I can also come back to exactly where I am and course correct if needed. Because I'm always thinking and focusing on the goal that's before me and how I go about. And there's other talents that uh, other strengths and talents that I have there that has allowed me to be able to hone those even better. And that's what we're going to work on, on all of these. You know, I have just been a people person. It's just kind of who I am. I discovered that when I was in school and I was actually in the second grade. Okay, now I want you to hear me on this. When I would get my report card, I I looked at the grades. I mean, the grades were good. I mean, I was always, oh, that's great. But what I cared about more 
was what was on the back of my report card. And I know if you homeschooled, you probably didn't have report cards because I didn't give my kids report cards. But this, I went to a public school and I would always look at the back of the report card to see what the teacher wrote in the little comments section. Now, for those of you that have had this experience, you're probably smiling going, oh my gosh, I did the same thing. Or you can at least remember the comments section. I was very much interested in what the teacher had to say. And how I learned in the second grade that uh, communication was going to be one of, you know, in my top forever strengths, because they're not going to change, was when she said, Connie is a good student. Okay, well, I was a good student, but she talks too much. She doesn't stay in her seat and she walks around the room and talks to everybody. Well, I just wanted to make sure everybody was having a good day. Why did that story matter to you? Because your children at a young age start to reveal who they are, what drives them, what strengths they have from a young age. If you pay attention, you will see it. You will notice. And you can start writing it down. And you can start affirming them. And you can start guiding and channeling and adding skills and knowledge. You know, I didn't get in trouble for that report card. Well, actually, it was several report cards. I didn't get in trouble. But I want you to see how when you start doing some serious deep dives and you think about markers along the way, you'll be able to track back and see how he was revealing who you are. What motivated you? What compelled you to do what you do at a very young age? So you know what second grade is. Mostly that's like six, seven years old. Well, see, six years of kindergarten, seven So it's like six, seven, eight years old, depending on if you're public, private, or homeschool. <laughs> I say that, and I say that really kind of like tongue-in-cheek because uh, it depends on when you start school and where your kids are. But the point is still... I can remember standing in the row in that school where I lived. I can remember my teacher's name, and I can remember picking up the report card that was placed on my desk and immediately turning it over. Now, I took it home, and I had no fear that I was going to get in trouble by those comments. I wasn't afraid to show my mom and my dad that you know, basically I was, I wasn't a troublemaker, but I certainly was a disruptor. I would constantly be talking in class and that's kind of hard for a teacher. But when you're little and you're in second grade, you're kind of oblivious to that. You know what I was told? Hey, Connie, it's great that you like to check in with everybody. It's great that you are, are talking and making sure everybody's having a good day <laughs> and that they're feeling okay or whatever it was I did it, you know, in second grade. But, you know, you need to be really respectful. When the teacher's talking, you need to listen and you need to stay in your seat. And then during recess or whenever there's lunch break or whenever there's a break, then you can talk freely to everybody. Imagine you right now identifying how God's made your kids and being able to guide them in a way that helps them see 
the gifts, the strengths, the talents that God has given them aren't to be an irritant to you. They aren't designed, they aren't created, they aren't manifest because they just feel like um, upsetting your apple cart that day. Imagine the life you can breathe into your child when you start to see through their lens and you can only see through the lens of somebody else when you learn the common language. When you learn to see through their eyes, when you learn what words motivate them, what words excite, ignite that, that person inside of them to be the best at what it is they can be, to be excellent, to, be, to develop those character qualities. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we are able to do to shape, form, and fashion the kids into the person that God made them to be, not into the people we want them to be, but into the person they are. Imagine that. Now, I, have, I know this podcast has gone a little bit longer, and I, I want to make sure that I, land, I get further along in our conversations than what we have had. But, you know, I, I know that all of you are keenly aware of what you aren't good at. And how do I know that? Because you look at book sales, self-help books, podcasts that are self-help. We, we read about it. We try to create systems. We try to build in new habits uh, to make our weaknesses not so weak. We try to get better and better and better. And it's not because we're trying to be perfect, but because uh, we, we want our upbringing, our schooling, our societal expectations. Uh, we, we want kind of like all of that to help us be better than we are. But all of those factors, your upbringing, your schooling, those societal expectations, guess what? They can make you more equipped for your future, or they can be, become like an anchor that weighs you down, that makes you doubt and wonder, and makes you discouraged. And that's why I find Strength Finders is so beneficial, because that's not what it does. It doesn't focus on what you can't do. It doesn't focus on uh, the, the strengths that you are lacking in dominance, the, the weaker ones. No, it, it focuses on the things and the areas, the talents that if you did add knowledge and strength, if you did add knowledge and skills, and you honed those, then you could soar. And that's really what Equipped to Be is all about. You're equipped to be exactly what God's made you to be. Sometimes we just need some help in understanding what that is and how do we get there. Uh, rarely do people start off talking about what they're good at. They, they Oftentimes when you have a conversation, they're talking about what they're trying to improve, what strength maybe they're trying to improve. But let me just say, the older you get, the less you do try to be like someone else and the more you try to be a better version of the person you are. But if you have children, I think we can skip some of the heartbreak and agony and frustration that maybe you and I had to go through to get to where we are. Maybe we can help them cut maybe a few years of that off so that they can excel and soar quicker 
and they can fly higher and with greater confidence. So we have talked about the strengths understood, where you excel, what areas do you need to delegate to others, how do you naturally think, feel, and behave on a consistent, near-perfect basis, and what knowledge and skills do you need to add to develop your talents? That's your assignment. Thanks for joining me for part two of Knowing Your Strengths. I look forward to diving deeper uh, next week. And as always, if you have questions, what I may do is leave a few minutes in the next podcast to answer some of those questions that I know you're going to have, because I, I do want you to be able to ask those questions. So you go and make it a great day. And remember, God's given you strengths and gifts and talents so that you can perform the assignment that he has given you. So he gets the glory and the kingdom is further. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.